Welcome to the Wildcast. Today, I had the opportunity to interview Lachaim OG, uh, or Zachariah Yishai uh, Levine, who's an incredible Jewish rapper, originally from Minneapolis. We talked about how he uses his rap and his music to help other Jews find their way into Judaism and into a relationship with God. Uh, we spoke about his experience as a convert coming in from the African-American community, from a Christian community, into the Reform, conservative, and ultimately the Orthodox community. It's an unbelievable conversation, and we got a sneak preview into one of his new rap songs. You got to listen to this, and of course, his relationship with his cousin, Prince. Yeah, his cousin is Prince. Take a listen. Okay, welcome to the Wilds cast. Um, Zachariah, Lachaim OG, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Rabbi. It's good to be here. It's good to be here with you guys. It is such an honor. I think I just told you before that um, I found out about you and your incredible music. I'm a big fan from my <laughs> from my kids. Uh, they are your biggest fans. And um, I- I'm going to get right into some questions with your permission here. I, I read an interview yeah. where you shared that the music, the incredible rap and music that you create comes from your own personal experience and that you provide knowledge through your lyrics so that people can find their path back to God. So I have a, I have a question yep. for you. First of all, I think that's amazing that you use music to inspire others to find their spiritual path. But tell me, first of all, what song reflects your own personal experience and what songs have you written to help others find their spiritual path? So there's a song out that's actually my mikvah parsha. Uh, it's called Parsha's Balach, and uh, the the whole sentiment of the song is just counting blessings. You know, the verse goes like, time and time again, I'm riding with my friends, talking about Hashem, how His favor never ends. So He's able to condemn, yet instantly grants me grace, which I take as a motivation to pick up my pace, run my race with my face smiling ear to ear, spread and cheer. Blessings overhead like chandeliers, brighter days are headed here. Peer to peer, my vision's clear, gladly volunteer. Conquer all my fears, look how I be switching gears. All my days are purposeful, superfluous. Mitchell's be my currency for purchases. Mido'd be my form of service and the greater good as they should. Bli'ai and Hara, Kola's man sabab, everything's a kuna matata. Emergency relief for the haters, someone call it Salah, cause we ballin' on them like we Maradona. Arms raised all praise to my heavenly father, don't bother with the negative, I choose the positive A. Some folks would rather see you fall than to see you fly. But don't pay them no mind. We call that the evil eye. Don't want to see you win. Would rather see you fail. Hoping to curse you, but to no avail. We're blessed. And so, and, and so that, that's, I mean, I think that's my journey. Like, not the, not, never been the straightest guy. Never been the most talented guy. The most spiritual guy. I may be the most blessed guy. So I aspire to be the most grateful guy, you know. Wow. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Uh, that was brilliant and amazing. <laughs> it, it sounds great. Ju- the words themselves and just the way you, and, and that that's coming from your own personal spiritual journey. A lot of those lyrics. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've had so many growth opportunities, uh, you know, being born uh, and diagnosed with cancer, retinoblastoma at 16 months old, losing my right eye. It, it forced me into a position of gratitude because I had cancer, but I never had chemotherapy. I lost my eye, but I still had vision. Um, and my parents how, how, never how allowed old, me. How, how old were you when, that, uh, when, when you were diagnosed with cancer? I, I, I was 16 months old, and there was actually a misdiagnosis. Oh. So when they finally identified it, it was like a life or death matter. Like, we got to act now or, or it's going to be too late. And, and, and I think that really gave me a, an advantage over everyone else. You know, uh, when you put a racehorse on the track, right, they have blinders. And the blinders allow them to just go forward, you know, to, I mean, all they know is go forward full speed ahead. By God removing my right eye, he cut my peripheral vision in half, but even more so probably by three quarters because the one eye that I do have, I have to see where I'm going straight ahead. So by having less peripheral vision, you have less distractions. Less wow. distractions mean it's much easier to just go forward and you're not really, you're not even really aware of the things that are on the side. Probably very compelling things, very attractive things. I just don't see them. I just, you know, wow. kind of uh, 
I'm down the track. That's incredible. So you you've been you you feel in a sense blessed because you're more focused and you can you can just charge ahead for what's important in life and not that's yeah wow. when you make a decision when you see something you're like that's all you see so people always say like z you're so impulsive or whatever it comes across the way but it's like to me i'm so decisive you know like it's like a sniper like i just got this little scope so you know i just gotta hit my <laughs> target man wow and, and tell us a little um about your background i mean you were raised in a christian family is it yeah. true your dad is your dad a minister a christian minister big time big time big time you know they call him the chief uh where i'm from mm -hmm. my cousin mm -hmm. is bishop over like the whole southern region in north america and like the caribbean my grandfather was a huge bishop over like you know uh you know parts of africa at times parts of north america so we definitely came up being bible affiliated and that that again gave me a cheat code in um, and certainly I had a certain gravitas towards the Old Testament, uh, which I think is the quintessential pillar of the world. And, and that, that allowed me to have a level of fervor and level of deep relationship with God. And I grew up in a non-denominational church that really advocated work, working the book, as my grandmother would say, work the book, work the Bible. If you want something, it's in the Bible. And prayer, you know, um, you know, pray, talk to God. And we didn't have any prayer books. We got a freestyle. So it's like we'd have shut-ins where you pray all night, pray for, you know, 20 hours, stay up all night praying. So these things, you know, uh, created quite a vessel, I think, for me to, to, to journey closer to God. And then the cancer created an avenue also of sports. So I played football because you got to hit people and no one would press charges. So that for me was a huge, huge opportunity to uh, to do right. some chuva, some uh, emotional chuva, and that carried me through to college and and a bit after being able to play football uh, and that journey with God. And sort of at the moment that football paused was the moment that my journey towards God crystallized, and it crystallized in the form of a question. You know, when people say they heard from God or spoke to God, people act as if they're crazy or that's such a strange thing, but everyone has the ability to to hear from God and to speak to God directly. Uh, you know, we might have lost prophecy, uh, sort of, I guess, the end of maybe the, the men of the great assembly, um, mm -hmm. but, but, but that doesn't mean that God stopped talking to people. And so my conversation with God well, was posed in a question. Was I looking for routine or was I looking for relationship? And, you know, I found that to be a very compelling question of which, you know, Routine, I suppose, is what I had, and relationship was what I wanted. And and, so and routine, me... routine is something you felt you had from the church, from your Christian upbringing. Like what? What helped you? Yeah, I mean, we wake up this day, we do this. We wake up this day, do that. You go here this day, go here that way. This is just the routine, no question. Just do it. Mm -hmm. And I and I wanted and, I wanted something so much deeper. And and what transitioned you? And and how did you find that in Judaism? And tell us when in yeah, your so life. This is a, so I yeah. came up. We you know grew up in an old Jewish neighborhood. Uh, my aunt, who was like a sort of a mother uh, to my mother, uh, converted to Judaism. So there's things oh. around. And I also mm -hmm. had a child believe that you know either when they talk about ten of the twelve tribes are lost. I grew up very much believing that I was you know that my family that we were, or my community we were part of the remnant. Uh, uh, the lost children of Israel. How many people in the group? Because you can't track and marriage and this and that. Who knows? But I suppose everyone that feels it in their heart has the opportunity to find their way home. So I felt that as a child. I felt I was kindred of Abraham and, and Moses and Yaakov Avinu. And so, uh, but my journey to God didn't come with any of those precursors. I just mm -hmm. simply wanted to, it was almost like they were separate. Like, okay, yeah, maybe the people of the Bible and the book and all that, but like, I still need to talk to God directly, like, you know, um, <laughs> and, and really through that heartfelt prayer, he pulled some sort of very miraculous scenarios to like, literally like, um, you know, it sounds crazy, like GPS me to a shul, uh, on a Friday afternoon, you know, of which I had where no was clue this? where I was going. Where was it? You were, you grew up in Minnesota. Yeah. So this was in Minneapolis and I left from over um, North Minneapolis to uh, St. Louis Park to uh, 
an Orthodox shul known as uh, Knesset on a Friday afternoon. And it's crazy. I was like, well, how, we and how, how old were you about? How old were you? I was 26, maybe 27. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Ah, no, no, no. Maybe I was even older. Maybe twenty eight, twenty nine. Can't mm-hmm. exactly remember. I, I should, I should go back and pinpoint how old that's I was. okay. No, but it's funny. That's fine. I just I was, want to I get a sense. I was wondering who were all these valet drivers and security guards walking down the street. All these people in black and white, you know. And then I, uh, <laughs> I went into this building, and uh, and 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 then this was all, you know. This is, you know, this is pre cell phone gps so that could date you right. you know this is pre oh just throw it in google maps like there was none of that it was just uh god was like take a left take a right go straight turn here turn there and i'm just like i'm either i'm either needing to go get serious help or god's actually speaking to me and you know when i pulled on this door of this strange building on a friday afternoon that i was thinking why would it even be open it's friday after five it was open Friday after five. I almost fell as the door opened and I heard a voice. It's funny enough, I just started uh, going through the Mishnah, the Schottenstein elucidated version, and it spoke of um, it spoke of someone that, you know, when um, when people will say, hey, I made so much money, I didn't have any time to, uh, to, to learn, or, you know, I was too busy making money, that uh, Hashem will remind them of, uh, of a particular individual who, you know, was like, wealthiest wealthiest guy and still had time and took time to learn torah and so i literally came in as the rabbis like giving this anecdotal story and 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 i and i was hooked and you know this is really crazy i want to i want to share this so the end of that you know i stayed after da, 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 very long story um and eventually you know i'm i don't really know what's going on we're standing up we're sitting down we're standing up we're sitting down we're turning around we're doing the hokey pokey but in the turnaround <laughs> i saw this blue book and I'm like, whoa, blue books. That's not like a typical cover. And, you know, for my neighborhood, blue blue is our affiliated color. So I grabbed this blue book and instantly I knew I was like, whoa, this is, uh, this is, this is, this is what I've been looking for. Uh, about, about a month ago, I was back at that shul again for the first time on Shabbat and I got Hagba. <laughs> So Hagba guys there. is is uh, when you get to lift the Torah in the air. For those of you unfamiliar, yeah, you get go to ahead. lift it, but when you're done, you get to hold it. So yeah. I literally was in tears as I'm sitting there saying, "The first place that you touched a humash, oh. five books of Moses, an art scroll." That was the blue book. Back. That's what that's that's what we use at MJ. The blue art scroll humash. That's what caught your eye. It was the humash. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then and you I came said, back wow, for a Hagba a couple later, years later. Here you are holding, you know, how far we've come, you know, like. Uh... <laughs> <sighs> wow. Was was there, was there, this is, a, you have an amazing story because uh, you grew up obviously in a very religious spiritual home, but not Jewish. And then you have yeah. this, God is speaking to you. You have this kind of, you find yourself in this Orthodox synagogue and then what? You you have this moment, you you get connected get to the homish. You you know it's crazy. The next day, I'm supposed to bring the homish back, right? Which I later. Oh, they let you take it. They, they they let you oh, take I, it. I told first of all, I told him it's it that's a non-negotiable, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, guys, grab it. Hey, shalom aleichem. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need the book. You know, <laughs> strong, strong arm, weak arm, however you want to take right. it. The books come with come with the guys. And I went home and I read through the whole homish. I mean, I was just. Had I you never, just, had you never, had you never read the Old Testament before? You read bits and pieces. I had, I had, but you know that a translation is much different, and yeah. then the footnotes, you know, were what I was looking for. Um, answered so many questions, like oh, oh, oh. So I ended up falling asleep finally, probably like seven, eight in the morning, and I oversleep oh. service. When I come back, the rabbi's like, "I'll oh, leave the book upstairs." I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm literally standing there at the bookshelf. Yeah. And I'm like, who are we kidding, man? I'm not giving this back. Like, <laughs> what am I? What am I, a fool? Have my life changed? And I'm like, oh, that was a nice experience. And then just go back to wandering the world blindly. That night, wow. I went to a wedding of a relative 
my father's side is from West Africa. And uh, I'm, at, I'm standing at the bar and I can feel someone looking at me. So I turn around and there's a dark skinned fella with a yarmulke on and a Star David necklace asking, is that Zachariah? <laughs> so I'm like, they sent this guy after me because I took the book? You know? <laughs> we know, so I we know where you live. I go to confront yeah. the guy. Maybe it's like the library where they've got the little code in the, you know. Yeah. I go to confront yeah. the guy. And I was like, what are you, who, who, who are you doing asking about me? He's like, I'm your Uncle Yosef. Oh. I'm like, excuse me? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, what, why are you wearing this on your head? And like, you know, like, what do you got going on? He was like, what do you mean? Our family migrated from Israel down into West Africa. And I'm looking at this guy like, does he know? Now, I'm not going to tell him. You know, I got street smarts. Right. Does he right. know where I just was yesterday and oh today? And all of a sudden, today I bump into my, 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 you know, yarmulke wearing relatives. Like oh what? Wait, wait. And so had that you, had you you you'd never met this guy before, right? I, I guess as a as a kid. By the way, I have to I'm just tell you. Number. Um, I know you know Nissen Black. I also yep. interviewed him for this podcast, and I asked him the same question I just asked you. And your story's very different, but also you know what the similarity is. Nissen told me that he read the Bible, the Chumash Tanakh, three times. He became obsessed. In a, in a very short oh, yeah. period of time, he read it and started seeing himself in David, in Moses, in yeah. Solomon. He started seeing himself in those. So it's very interesting that the book you were attracted to, the blue, the cover, the art scroll there, and then you came back for more. So just little by little, you just, I mean, it was learning. It was through Torah study, I suppose. Listen, when I went back up to school, and at the time I was in law school and business school, when I went back up, first of all, with zero direction and guidance, I was making like every bracha before I ate. Baruch atah Hashem Elokeinu Barei Pri Hadama Ha'ed Shekol Hamotzi Amen. You know, I'm telling all my guys where we say Baruch Hashem. Now everyone's saying Baruch Hashem, and like you know, I mean, I was just like it. It, it, it wasn't about this is what I'm doing. It's like this is what everyone's doing around me. Okay, or you're gonna have to move around. Like, this is what we're doing. You know, and you know, you can't help it. I mean. Certain certain people have certain personalities. I've always been viewed, I suppose, as a bit of a tastemaker. Like if I find a restaurant, the way I rave about it and talk about it and show up there every day, other people are like, yeah, I got to check this place out. You know, like, geez, D makes it sound like the best thing in the world. Uh, to me, that's the music. Like, I'm just like, I just am in love with the shim and in love with the Torah and the depth. I mean, even last night, like I said, wow. I was just, been going through the Mishnah, even just the opening informational of 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 the all of the the Nussies and our base dens and I mean so much rich like it's just oh my god let me let oh, me ask goodness. you let me ask you um, Zachariah I I got to ask you this question I want to come back to your story in a minute but you are on fire and you're so passionate how how do you what would you suggest we do to 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 inspire more fire and more passion in our Jewish brothers and sisters. And, and when I ask this question, you know, I'm involved in outreach. We reach out to, you know, Jews outside of the Orthodox world, mostly from, I would say, conservative reform unaffiliated. So I am asking about that group. I'm also asking about yeah. my own kids and, and modern Orthodox kids growing up, going to day schools and yeshivas. How do you get, how, what would you say to them? You know, that question is why I chose to come on here. So my journey after that blue book, I ended up a couple years later back at the shul because of my, my brother, close friend's wife was converting and she was at an orthodox, I mean, at a conservative shul. I didn't know the difference. I walked in there. I showed back up for, uh, for um, they said, you know, come back for, uh, for, for Shabbos. So I showed back up and, you know, oh, 10 o'clock start. So, you know, me, I'm going to show up passionately late, 1130. Party should be going good by then. I walk in, it's so funny. I walk in the doors and I hear, Aleinu I don't know, I'm like, wow. That's what a the end nice of the service. Tune. Yeah, I'm like, what a nice tune. And then, uh, and then ev and, and everyone starts walking towards me. I'm like, whoa, it's, it's over? But they're walking with a little motivation. So I'm like, well, it's like it's over, but something, are we going to something? I was like, Kiddush, 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 Kiddush. I'm like, what is Kiddush? 
And so I'm, you know, coming around the corner with everyone and they open up the, the doors and and down the center of the banquet hall are like nine steam silver containers. You know, and I'm like, we're having a banquet? I'm like, what? <laughs> hey, I'm in. I grab a plate. I'm just trying to fly below the radar. You know, I make a couple right, of plates. Right. I go to like a table, kind of tuck my head down like, hey, maybe hope nobody sees you, man. Just, just have a good time. I look up the tables full of people. And I came back the next week. And then I found out about prayers. I started showing up there for my, my whole journey after the Chumash was in a conservative shul. Rabbi mm-hmm. uh, Harold Kravitz, who's just become, I think, the chief rabbi for like the Masorti movement, uh, mm-hmm. the president mm-hmm. of the Masorti movement. That's who took me in, welcomed me in, introduced me to my first wow. conversion class. Like, Beautiful. I mean, I was I was inoculated and and loved on and encouraged uh, at a conservative shul and and the reform shul. I'd mm-hmm. pop in if I was running late. They got the Shimon Esther and the Jumbotron. I mean, you know, these things accelerated <laughs> my learning immensely. Uh-huh. Uh, so so I, that, that both of those communities are very dear to my heart. I would not be here Beautiful. absent them. Um, so I think that one, what, what I, I love, do, by the way, L'chaim, I love that you pointed that out, that you express your Hakara Tatov, your your gratitude to them. That was very beautiful. Continue. I'm sorry. Oh, I, oh, oh, oh. I mean, some of my closest, you know, loved ones are, you know, identified conservative reform, you know, whatever. Uh, I think that we have to rebrand the Torah. We have to rebrand our verbiage. And that alone gives a huge opportunity. I mean, any business that's struggling or sports franchise that's struggling with retention, with, you know, with recruiting, you know, they rebrand, you know, okay, well, let's go yeah. with the different colors. Let's adjust the logo a little bit, you know, let's build a new stadium. Boom. And I think that getting back to Torah based uh, practice, Torah based verbiage, wherever you're at in that journey, I think that yeah. is the key to the fire because you got to know your literature. Yeah. I mean, you can't, it's hard to be on the basketball team if you don't play basketball, you know, like, yeah. So maybe we yeah. get caught up in showing up to the games and preseason uh, interviews, but like, we got to get back to playing basketball. Um, and I think for the young people, especially, I think uh, for the, for B'nai Israel as a whole, some of that rebranding is, the diversity that exists like why would you not have you know guys like myself or Nassim or Yehoshaphat or you know um or Rabbi Pinchas Shaddai or Mordechai Ben Avraham or others why would you not have out all over constantly speaking why would you not say hey Z let's get some of that kosher jerk chicken and and kosher oxtail and let's serve that up uh, at the community and let the kids fall in love with kosher because they realize there's more options than just schnitzel or gefilte fish yeah. or, or chalent. I mean, you know, like everyone wants a little options. You know, I talk about in the desert, we talked about they had man and they said a man could taste like anything you could imagine. But for a bunch of <laughs> poor people, what could they imagine? Today's cucumbers, tomorrow's tomatoes. You know, we, 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 we romanticize the Torah and we don't look at it through our own real eyes. So to me, the man that was falling down from Shemayim every day was ramen noodles, packs of, mm-hmm. of, 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 of noodles. Yeah, you could put whatever chicken flavor, Beautiful. beef flavor, but we get tired of that. Let, let's not, you know, let's not make it seem like these people are so high and holy and we're just, we're just not there. No, the Torah is a book about regular human beings and their flaws and mistakes allowing you actually to be better. So you should see yourself as that flawed human being now with the answer sheet. So oh, I don't have to guess. Fine. I don't have to figure it so out. I, I want I, 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 I yeah, to see. Let, 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 we, I just, no, not at all. This has been amazing. I want to seize on that last point you just made, that the book, the Torah, is a book of, um, it's an answer sheet for flawed individuals. And I just think that's such a great message for everyone, particularly for young people, you know, we sometimes view, you know, like this picture perfect religious Jew, you know, everybody just sort of born that way. And that's just not the way 
people are. Jews are people. And if we can see King David and his foibles, Nissen said something very, very similar to that, like to find the issues we're grappling with in the same problems and issues that David struggled with and that Solomon grappled with, which he talked about in, in, in Kohelet and Ecclesiastes. When he was in love, he spoke about Shira Shirim. When he was struggling intellectually, he wrote it in Kohelet. I mean, those are books for us to look at and to read and find ourselves in them. I think that's such a powerful idea. You know, I say that people think that their struggles are unique and their strengths are common. And it's the opposite. (laughs) Your struggles are common and your strengths are unique. So we're all struggling with the same things. God gave us each special tools to handle them. Rabbi Massalon, who was the rabbi that uh, agreed to allow me into yeshiva, which then led to about two weeks later, uh, Yehoshaphat being there and Nisim even in the basement at uh, Or Sameach. Yehoshaphat is Amari Stadamar, right? Yeah, just want to make sure. Okay, good. Everyone knows. He, he, one of his quotes, my, one of my favorite quotes, he said, it's a pity not to know your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. But it's a shame not to know your strengths. Wow, beautiful. That's that's gorgeous. And, and I want to see something. We go through life demonizing our own strengths. Demon, yeah. you know, we allow ourselves to like give up our own superpower. Like, you know, I ask myself all the time, what makes you think it's so easy for that guy to wake up at seven and show up to pray? What makes you think? That guy's just so social. What makes you think it's not as much of a cringe moment for him? What makes you think it's not as much of a struggle for him? Like, like we go through life, the Yetzirah lures us into demonizing the whole rest of the world, and we turn the world into this utopia where we're just at the bottom of the ladder. And in truth, we're at the top of the ladder expected to bring the rest of the world up, you know? Igris Aramban yeah. talks about if I see another person, I should presume he makes a mistake from lack of knowledge and, and, and I'm not as holy as him in that regard, you know? But but it's not it's not that it's not that the rules are different. I have a friend that graduated from Yale, first ever woman of color with a, a PhD in statistical analysis. And she says, wow. the one of the most insulting things somebody can call me is smart. Oh, she's just smart. She said, I sat in the library 15 hours a day. Is that smart? No, I worked hard. She worked. The story of Rabbi Vadia Yosef. This guy was born into pretty much nothing. He worked hard. I mean, these are the stories that get me. Rabbi Akiva, he didn't learn at all. He worked hard. Rabbi Akiva was an illiterate shepherd until he was 40. And um, he, he killed himself in the best possible way. And I love that you brought up uh, Ravad Yosef because most people know, those of you listening, are not familiar, he was the former Sephardic chief rabbi of Israel, but he was one of the greatest towering Torah scholars of the 20th century. I had the opportunity in the Zuchot to hear from him. He came up, he spoke at Yeshiva University where I studied. He, he, he wow. came through, not a piece of paper in front of him for two and a half hours he spoke and his Torah was clear and simple, but he was not raised with any, I mean, it was an unbelievable, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know also, I, I, I um, Arya Kaplan, who wrote all these incredible okay. books that I've been giving out for years. Um, and a lot of my students know, cause I keep, you know, quoting from him or giving out, he wasn't raised in, in, in the Orthodox community, he wasn't raised observant. He, he did this on his own. And that's why personalities like Rabbi Akiva and these others, and I just, I find your story and I find your spiritual path so inspiring because what it really says is that if you want something, you want it badly enough, you believe in it, you, you, you're going to be, you're going to be able to not only follow along, but you're going to become a leader, you know? And, and, um, I, I just want to say to you, like, I, I just, I've only been listening to your music more recently. My kids turned me on to this, to your stuff. I'm, I was not a big lover of rap. I'm a classic rock guy myself. Um, nice. but, um, I love your lyrics and the, and, and you, you can feel the passion and the excitement. And, um, it's something that is just lacking. I'm sure you've seen this coming into the Jewish community. Um, it's something that's lacking. We're very, you know, we show up, 
we cross our T's, we dot our I's, but um, we need more fire and we need more passion. And, and I really think I've devoted my life to trying to bring, I guess, outsiders into the community because I find that people coming in with a fresh, who are choosing this, you're, you know, you're a Jew by choice, that we, those of us raised with it, can be inspired in a way that we might not otherwise be. You know, it's funny, two things I'll say. One, it's not necessarily a choice when the guy that's born lactose intolerant uh, begins drinking oat milk. Uh, you know, uh, you know, freedom is a choice. In some ways, you start off choosing, well, I don't know what freedom is yet, but I know captivity doesn't work for me, right? And sort of a two-part. Uh, but it doesn't feel like a choice. It feels like this is a non-negotiable, right? You know, I say that children, when they're born, have the luxury of just being able to go to the bathroom right there. Ah, much more, ah, just go right here. But as you live, it's like, this is not very comfortable. <laughs> so I, I choose to then go to the place where right. it's a little more comfortable for the rest of the day. The other thing I'll say, and this is a big, uh, a big tip of tip of the hat to Rosh Hashiva Noda Schiller, who also hugely instrumental in my journey. Uh, you know, it was one night that I was really wrestling with the Yetzirah, you know, a, a Yom Shishi in Yerushalayim for a young guy, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of temptation out there. And I, I yeah. was intent on, on, on staying on the dare. So I, I went home and I was looking for a shear to listen to, to kind of give me some hizuk. And I came across a shear by Rosh Hashiva Nota Schiller that was also um, the first Gomorrah lesson we heard at Yeshiva, which was, you know, Tamadei Chachamim having sons that weren't Tamadei Chachamim, why they failed to say Berchus Torah. So imagine, this is sort of, as I call it, the, the, uh, the, the, the Lachaim version. But in any event, he says, uh, that's, not, that's not what it was. It wasn't that they failed to say Berchus Torah. It was that they failed to understand the bracha they were making. They didn't have Kavana. Yeah. It says when you make Hamotzi, yeah. you're not making a bracha on being full. You're making a bracha on eating the bread. The end result may be that you're full, but that's not the bracha. When you're making a Geffen, right. you're making a bracha on the wine, not on the hangover. Now, if you drink enough wine, you very well may be hungover or buzzing, but that's not the bracha. When you make a bracha Bircha to Torah, it's not a bracha saying, I'm going to acquire or master all this Torah knowledge. It says I'm going to try. Wow. Well, that's gorgeous. That's a game changer. That is a game changer. That's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to try. I mean, literally, there's a bracha called trying. Where else in the world do you get points for trying? You know, it's the only meritocracy in the world is the Torah. I, I, by the way, I, you should just know, Zachary, I say that every year on Yom Kippur, because people come to shul, Kol Nidranite, they're scared. And I say, this is not about perfection, right? And this is all about, are you putting your best foot forward? How hard are you trying? That's all God wants us to do, is have a sincere and genuine relationship with him through the Torah. And, you know, we're human. And I love that you bring up the Yetzirah, because it's a, it's a part of who we are. It's a part of who we are. And if if we can if we can understand the way it works a little better and understand that it's just about a sincere, genuine attempt at having a real relationship with our creator, you know, I want to, I want to say something else to you, you know, um, you're using rap and art and music. I just saw something beautiful in the writings of Rabbi Salvechik. He was, um, uh, Rabbi Salvechik was one of the great rabbis of the 20th yeah, century, yeah. and he, I, I never had the honor of learning under him directly, but, um, but all of my teachers were his students. And he said, you know, we say in the prayers, that, that God should compel our inclination to be subservient to you. And he says it's not just talking about the good inclination, it's talking about the evil inclination. That the part Absolutely. of us that's very phys- right, the part of us that's very physically based, we want to we want to take the physical, and we want to and we want to channel that physicality. And he said that um, that if a person has a great um, musical ability, which is really within the physical world, channeling that musical talent, channeling whatever it is that's your love of physicality, 
okay because it sounds physically aesthetically beautiful channeling mm -hmm. that towards the spiritual is is basically taking the eight sahara and making sure that not just the good inclination within us is connecting to god but even the evil inclination even the part of that's 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 tied to the material to the physical that's being elevated and that if you've studied tanya at all i've been teaching tanya like the tanya is all about going into the darkest places the places where mm -hmm. god is the hidden the most and somehow elevating those aspects of the physical world returning them to their spiritual source so i i whenever i meet like someone like yourself and who's got this talent and can take physical things and really get people to listen and and use that to help lift up other people to god it's the holy of holies as far as i'm concerned <laughs> I mean, you know, I appreciate it. You know, so I, I am a law school, business school guy, right? And so again, part of even the branding for me, or at least the understanding of basic structure of contracts is there's a term section. And so we actually live at a time where we create so many different or trigger so many different predisposed notions in people or defenses based upon the verbiage we use, right? So I don't consider myself a rapper. I couldn't really tell you the difference. I don't think most people know the difference uh, between, you know, if I said, you know, rap and country, and I played two songs that sound similar. Okay, the guy's rhyming, the beat tempo is X, Y, and Z. This guy's got a little more twang under his voice, maybe. And maybe the other guy does too, because he's from Alabama or Louisiana. So I know there's these terms that the world has been sort of segmented. You know, I consider, you know, David Amelik to be the first, you know, I guess poet, let's say, um, <laughs> if not even Moshe Rabbeinu who wrote, uh, you know, the song at the seat. So, I mean, are, are these new things of talking about your experience uh, from your heart and whether it rhymes or not, but ultimately conveying the message in a way that will be memorable? You know, I, I don't consider myself necessarily doing anything new, but we do sort of oftentimes typecast things based upon uh, sort of the, the, the context we've been given. So there's based person, person's color or person's culture. It makes people feel comfortable, feel like they have their section. You know, my mission uh, moving forward in life is to sort of do away with all these different preconceived notions that trigger people and really prevent people from making steps forward. Right. Someone says, oh, I'm I'm Sephardic, so I don't I don't eat that. OK, well, obviously, there could be a things in regards to, you know, Ashkenaz during Pesach or something. But the Torah. Is the Torah and a person's uh, ability to flow in the waters of Torah, whether that's in the South Pacific or the, you know, the Indian Ocean. I mean, the bodies of water that flow into other bodies, you don't have to stay. You don't have to stay. But to not enjoy the fullness of what is there because your affiliation or your, you know, your, your, your pride won't allow you, certainly there's things we don't like, things we're not comfortable with, but to do away with the sort of segregated community that has become the Jewish world, which, yeah. which denomination yeah. are you? Are you, are you this one or that one? Which kind of keeper are you? Which, which color, uh, Sidor do you use? Which interlinear trans, transliterated, which, which, hey, 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 like, you know, no wonder, no wonder Mashiach's not here yet, you know, you know, uh, unless he's got the Zoom link in all the rooms, it'd take a lot of work to speak to everybody, like, let's, let's get back into the same room here, and, 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 and humble ourselves, and, and, and let the book be our guide and our standard, and people are going to have different perspectives and interpretations on that you know that's each person's choice but to do so in a way that that allows us to to meld with our greater whole the whole notion of a team is everyone's playing their different role and position so no yeah. one necessarily aspires to be the one in the back or the one at the end of the bench but the guy at the end of the bench has a different responsibility at practice to really push and get everyone ready. I mean, there's a whole dynamic that 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 I think has been lost, and I feel fortunate that again I started off in a 
Orthodox Shul got my hands on a chumash. I was born maybe a lost remnant of the tribes of Israel. I then found my way into a conservative and reformed community that welcomed me, embraced me. And, and as I conversed about now, you know, maybe wanted to go deeper into Orthodox community, I was encouraged and supported and the likes. And then when I got to that community, I was like, hey, I'm thinking about going to Israel. And then when I got to Israel, I was like, hey, I'm thinking about going to Yeshiva. And at Yeshiva, I said, hey, I'm thinking about going up to Renana with my Yemenite folks uh, for Shabbat. And that, you know, I mean, it's like, <laughs> this whole thing is accessible because it's the relationship with God. And if we don't go through life thinking what we can get out of it, but what we're supposed to give, we'll see that we do have something to do in each of these rooms. Not what can I get out of it? Oh, they don't have the chicken I like over here. Oh, they don't play the music I like over here. Oh, they don't sing in the new socks that I like over here. Oh, you know what? I need to go in there and tell this guy I really appreciate uh, the way that he dived. And say, I need to go over here and mention this person that his grandfather really inspired me. And I need to go in this room and tell that guy I really appreciate how he's so kind and welcomes everyone and make sure there's always kiddish, you know, hey, I need to go. Like, if we go through from yeah. that respect, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, well, it's, it's a finding, it's finding the, uh, as Rav Nachman taught so beautifully, it's finding the Nakuda Tova. It's finding the positive aspect in the different parts of the Jewish community, as opposed to I've got the truth. They're missing everything. Yeah. You just need to come over my way. It, it's, it's, yeah. you know, listen, it, it's challenging for people who have been in it their whole lives who need to continue to convince themselves. This is, this is it. Everything else is, you know, and, there are certainly distortions of what we would consider classical Judaism out there. So it's confusing to people. Yeah. You want to teach your kids that there is an authentic way to practice, right? That there is, you know, mm -hmm. something what we consider part of the Mesorah, part of Jewish tradition. You know, we can't just make it up as we go along. On the other hand, you know, I, I think, I think you're right. I think you're hitting on a big problem, which, which is that, you know, we, We've split ourselves up. We're such a small people as it is, and we've split ourselves up into so many different groups, and we can't, we can't come together enough, you know. Although I have to tell you, I'm feeling right now. I just came off. I don't know where you were for Pesach. Were you home? Yeah. Were, were, were you? Uh, I was down and, here um, and I, in Hollywood, Florida. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beautiful, very holy. I'm sure. You're in Brooklyn, though. No, don't. Do, are you based in Brooklyn, no, no, no. or I'm, where, I'm, where do you I'm live? A, I'm a I'm a Yerushalmi, uh Bedouin. You know that uh, frequents <laughs> North America. Uh, you know Florida, and certainly you know try to check back in on the hometown of Minnesota. With uh, you know, oh, wow. known to go to New York for a slice of pizza in the Five Towns. <laughs> Did you find? I'm curious when you when you started becoming, I guess, more into the Orthodox community, did you find, did you feel welcomed? Was it a struggle in the beginning? So, you know, and I don't want to get back to, you were about to say something, I think about the octus that you felt mm -hmm. during Pesach. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So no, that's okay. Thanks for remembering. I got a little HDD'd on, on myself here. ADD'd on myself. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm, I'm more curious. So, you know, my... My my welcoming into the Orthodox community actually happened uh, for my uncle who just passed away of blessed memory, who was cultivating my religious journey as I need to come to, late to work now because I go to prayer and need to leave early because I go to prayer. And now we need to order kosher food because I can't eat this. And then one day he was donating money to a, to a Hebrew school, Orthodox Hebrew school, and the rabbi came to collect the check. And they were like, oh, you got to meet Z, this guy, you know, our, our loved one who started wearing this little hat, walking around with, you know, my grandma thought that I needed to go see the tailor. I got strings hanging <laughs> from the side of my of my sides and whatever else. And so I come into the meeting and he's like, hey, what do you got going on? And he's the person actually even explained to me, he was saying like, well, some people acknowledge your conservative conversion, but others won't, da, da, da. And I really said to him, I was like, hey, listen, I just met you. I'm not going to switch up on the people that have been there for me because I met some guy today that said those people aren't as whatever. Like, that's mm -hmm. not how I was raised. You know, so once I'm done with these guys, maybe I'll come see you. Mm -hmm. But my CEO came into the meeting and he's like, yeah, you met Z. He's late to work every day. And the guy's like, why? He's like, because he goes to prayer. He's like, well, what time is prayer? I'm like, you know, 730. He's like, we pray at 5, 530 or something. So the CEO's Whoa. like, well, you got to go there. So it's literally <laughs> my, 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 my job that required me 
to become Orthodox. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and, mm. and certainly I was welcomed. I was welcomed in because I came in there. And, uh, you know, I think there's a, God will always provide you exactly what you need for what you need next. And, and so he, he literally set me up and I was w- warmly embraced by, you know, some of the families there, the Aismans and, uh, and the Weinbergs and the Roberts and the Jaffa family and the, and the Gramazian family. I mean, I was welcomed and embraced and Rabbi Greenberg. I mean, I was, but also because of a very small community, it, it wasn't as if there wasn't talks about this guy that's, you know, popping up, popping up, uh, popping up to prayer and popping up to Shabbat and, 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 and whatever else. Um, but you know, I wanted to say something. Mm-hmm. So there's a story that I came up with that I think that God put on my heart and I was thinking about it even today, uh, because we get very possessive, right? We get very territorial. Um, so the story is that, um, there's a guy walking down the street and he sees the most famous, wealthiest man in the world. He's like, oh my gosh, that's him right there. That's Rabbi Mark Wilde. Like, wow. <laughs> you know, so he, uh, he goes to him and he says, uh, says, hey, um, you know, lovely to meet you, man. Huge fan. And he says to him, he says, uh, oh, wow. You know, pleasure to meet you also. It's funny. Funny we should talk today. I actually need a favor. Like, anything, anything. Are you kidding me? For you, anything. He's like, so every year I throw a party for the 100 most famous, wealthy people in the world. And this year I can't make it. I, I promised, you know, my mother I'd do something for her. I'm double booked, and I need someone to fill in for me. Um, but but if you're willing to fill in, you know, you you know, you get to the best tailor, the best everything. Everyone at the house will know that you're me for the day. You'll have all my power. But you should know that all the guests will know that you're a nobody because you're not one of the hundred most wealthy, famous people. So you're literally a nobody. But if you can make sure everyone has a great night, tomorrow I'll do whatever I'll do whatever whatever you want. I, I I'm I'm indebted to you. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. So he you know takes the Maybach driver out to the mansion. Mm-hmm. He gets fitted in the Tom mm-hmm. Ford tuxedo. He's got the got the Borsellino. You know what I'm saying? He's got the he's got the he's got the shoes. He's got the you know what I mean? Like everything is um everything is perfect. He's meeting with the staff. The lovely space. He's smoking a Cuban. He's having a fine martini. You know, everything is great. And now the guests are about to arrive. And the door opens up and the guests come in and the first guy ashes his cigarette and puts it in his drink. The second lady uh, grabs a champagne, tastes a little swig, doesn't like it, splashes on his shirt. The third person through, steps on his shoes. We're only three people in and the guy's already like, you know, what is going on? The guy's about to lose it. You know, like, and he's and he's trying to track down the lady that just goes, "Excuse me, ma'am, who? What? What was your name?" And the more people are coming in, and it's chaos. And these people, he's never met a more rude, inconsiderate group of people in his life, complaining and this, this, and that. And he's ready to say, "You know what? Everyone's out. Everyone out." And in the back of his mind, he hears, "If you can just make sure everyone has a good time, I'll be indebted to you." So he says, "You know what? Let me." Let me go over here. Ma'am, can we get you a different champagne? And sir, did you, here's an ashtray. And he starts going through just kind of making everyone feel more welcome and more common. It doesn't get any thank yous, a lot of disrespect, but he, he navigates. And at the end, he's successful. So the next day he sees, uh, he sees the guy and he's like, hey, wow, you did it. You did it. You know, what can I do for mm-hmm. you? Now that story is interesting because that person, that most powerful, most famous, most wealthy, that's Hashem. Mm. That party that's going on with the 99 other most famous, that's Earth. And that nobody on the street, that's you. Mm. You know? And he's like, hey, all my angels, all my staff know exactly who you are. And they've been told to give you everything you need without reserve. But the rest of the guests, they don't know who you are. To them, you're for sure a nobody. And I know it's going to be tough, but if you could just try to make sure that all the guests have a good time, I'll do whatever for you need. I'll be indebted to you. 
that's us on this planet. We already have all wow. the accommodations that we wow. need in the heavens, in the shadows. And yeah, the 99 aren't going to acknowledge us. But if we can just do our part to make sure the party goes well, wow, we'll be taken care of. Wow, I feel like I was just treated to like uh, like a, a mushal from a medrash, like a parable, a deep holy parable from from the midrashic literature or one of the great Rav Nachman stories. That was amazing. Thank you. Wow. So our job, God's um, God's giving us a real. Uh, uh, a, a, a tremendous opportunity, really, you know, um, to host. Yeah, to host. To host. Yeah. Anyone that hosts knows you might not end up eating. You might not sit down. Someone's going to take your chair. Someone's going to take your drink. But you're so happy because they're at your party. At your party. It's your party. And it's your responsibility to make sure they it's leave. Your party. They leave fed, satisfied. Even if somebody yeah. throws the champagne in your face a little, such as life. <laughs> that's an awesome but awesome parable L'chaim to you man um uh, this was great Zachary, i really appreciate your time um please please keep making more music and just uh i i don't even i don't know if you know what impact and influence you have and how important your message your music the kind of diversity like you talked about before i didn't get a chance to comment on that um, or I, I was thinking I didn't respond, you know, when you talked about now everything has to be the same, you coming into the community and just shaking it up and showing people that diversity can be within the Torah community too. And you really, you really have yeah. brought something so fresh and invigorating and exciting. And, um, Hashem should continue to bless you, uh, with, um, with just continued success Wait, I got one last thing. Is it true your cousins with Prince? <laughs> Sorry, nothing to do with anything yeah, so else. My, it's my mother's, my mother's first cousin. So I actually, I actually confirmed with my mom. Is it true that he came to our house when he released his single "Purple yeah. Rain"? Yeah, she was like, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I'm a huge yeah, fan. Yeah, very close with my mother and with my uncle. Yeah, so you could understand why I don't necessarily take my music so seriously. <laughs> you know, it's a pretty high bar. Uh, that I was that's called at that's a funeral, cool. funny enough. Yeah. Now you have Yichus. That's Yichus. Funny enough. That's a musical Yichus. Yeah, go ahead. At his funeral. <laughs> yeah. At his funeral, they were uh there were all these people that came forward giving all these phenomenal stories of what he did for them. And they all had one theme. It was on one condition that they wouldn't tell anyone else. Wow. This guy was literally out doing immense good, crazy charity, crazy chesed. Wow. On the condition that they wouldn't tell anyone that he did it. Wow. And so when I saw that, when I heard that at the funeral, at the funeral that they had for the family, I said to myself, okay, you got you to gotta step up. It's time to step up. The world is missing this this level of chesed, particularly in this uh, you know overlooked community. Before we go, yeah, I wanted to at least share a little piece of something that's not out yet. And, you know, I haven't been very strategic with my music, but I guess this may be, I guess, my next single. Oh, wow. What a privilege. I plan to drop a, yeah. drop a, drop a acapella version, hopefully during the Omer. <laughs> so hopefully that'll be out soon. Mm -hmm. And then the proper version. And it was actually the month of Adar, you know, they say is the beginning of Torah Shabel Pei, when Torah Shabel Pei began, when Moshe Rabbeinu gave over the Torah in 70 the 70 languages of the world. And if you think about that, I was, think, I was thinking like, he gave over the Torah in the seven languages of the world, not just as like, okay, so now it's out there for everyone, but so that everyone could then begin to talk to God in their language, right? In their Excellent. native tongue. Okay. Wow. So they say that also, there was a guy, I think in France or Germany, they wanted to translate the Torah into like French or German or whatever and make like a common coffee table book, a bathroom book, you know? Mm -hmm. And so art school is, has an art school, something on the Hebrew month. They it said like, ah, oh, well, what was the difference? Moses, 70 languages, this guy, one of the languages, you know, like what's the, what's the, what's the Maglokit? And it said, because Moses wanted to elevate God and this guy just wanted to, you know, bring it down 
bring God down to a regular level. Mm -hmm. And I think as people, we experience that same thing. You know, there's people in life and God, the angels that want to elevate us. And yet we have this feeling that people just want to bring us down. And so the song goes like this. They just want to bring you down. I just want to lift you up. One thing you should know, you're more than enough. Yeah, yeah. They just want to bring you down. I just want to lift you up. One thing you should know, you're more than enough. Yeah, yeah. Say you be facing fears. Yeah, you're courageous. Always positive. Yeah, it's contagious. Facing obstacles shows your determination. Never giving up. I see your dedication. Slow and steady with it. Yeah, you practice patience. Always kind and humble. Yeah, you're so gracious. They can't box you in because your soul is spacious. Headed past the moon, I can see your spaceship. So keep on dreaming and keep on believing. The more effort you give, the more blessings you receive. If they can't see the vision, that means that you don't need them. Because the road less traveled is the path to your freedom. They just want to bring you down. I just want to lift you up. One thing you should know. You're more than enough, yeah, yeah. They just want to bring you down. I just want to lift you up. One thing you should know, you're more than enough, yeah, yeah. They only see the bad, but I see so much good. There's nothing that you can't. You just misunderstood. Headed to a new reality. Ain't no looking back. This is the answer to your prayers. Yeah, yeah, it's God's plan. So put some pep in your step. Young stepper, look lively. It wasn't about denial. It was more about timing. Proper alignment. You was made for this assignment. It wasn't about denial. It was more about timing. So keep on dreaming and keep on believing. The more effort you give, the more blessings you receive. If they can't see the vision, that means that you don't need them. Because the road less traveled is the path to your freedom. They just want to bring you down. I just want to lift you up. One thing you should know, you're more than enough, yeah, yeah. They just want to bring you down. I just want to lift you up. One thing you should know, you're more than enough, yeah, yeah. So, you know. That was awesome. That's going to be a huge hit. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. That's... Have you sang that before anywhere? Have you done that? I've been singing it a little bit a cappella, but but you have to understand I was walking down the stairs on Shabbat, headed headed to uh to my lunch, and I hear Hashem singing this in my ear, and I just I was walking down the streets of Jerusalem sounding like one of the crows, man, just <laughs> hollering from the top of my lungs, uh, you know, at that. And I really believe that it's it's uh something that that, that is needs to be heard that like in spite of the, the the negative out there, like God just wants to lift his people, you know, and we should want to lift each other, you know, because we're all more than enough. We're, we're what the universe couldn't exist without, you know, so everyone should be encouraged. I want to give you a bracha that you should be encouraged mm-hmm. in all your endeavors and your works. And at the moments where you wonder or you question, is it, is it, is it happening enough? Is, is enough being done? Is, is it at a high enough success rate that you should be comforted in knowing it's more than enough, you know, because you've made birchas Torah from your heart, that you made a blessing on the effort. And in that, that the reward and the results are on Hashem's hands. And uh, as long as you trust him, you know, uh, you'll, you'll see, you'll see that it's far beyond what you could have imagined. And I appreciate you for having me on and, 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 and even including non-celebrity people like myself in such a, such a worthy cause. Amen. Zachariah, thank you. I've never ended a podcast with a bracha like this, and I, I, I really take it to heart, and I, and it should be makubal. Kodesh Baruch Hu should, uh, should um, make that a reality and continue to bless you um, and just for because you're helping him. I really believe that. You are doing Hashem's work. Amen, amen, amen. Hashem should bless you to continue to do amen. that. And... Um, Thank you for your time. This has been amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that awesome song. Incredible. Amen, 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 amen. Appreciate it.